The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I am your host, Mark Slareth, along with my partner, Mike Evans, our producer, Scott the Huff, putting it all together. First, before we get started, got to thank our presenting sponsor, the great people over at Core Water. Hydrate your huddle with Core pH Balanced Water, ultra purified and balanced with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH level of 7.4. That's where your body performs its best. It's science, people. And I'm telling you what, you can take all that science um, it's great, but um, the the water is awesome. It tastes great, great for working out. They've got the great bottle that's just perfectly designed, big, wide mouth, easy to drink. Also, mix your protein powder in there, whatever you want. Um, it is phenomenal. Love Core Water. You can find Core Water at your neighborhood, 7-Eleven. It's the one with the blue cap, the one I'm drinking in the gym all the time. Core pH balance water. You can find out more at hydratewithcore.com. Mike Evans, my friend, how are you? I'm well. I've got one game under our belts, although we're both 0-1, right? God Damn, Matt Ryan. God, he sucked uh, I, last I, night. Am I? Yeah, correct, right? I mean, it was just it was awful. And you, know, you get into the red zone, and you know, there's the old saying that every time you kick field goals in the red zone, you're three points closer to losing. And that's exactly what happened to the Atlanta Falcons. You get in the red zone like that. You get on the goal line, man. It's a matter of one on ones. Is my guy better than your guy? Can you beat... Can you beat that guy in front of you? And last night, that just didn't happen for the Atlanta Falcons. They just were awful, and it was disappointing. But you know what? I I walked away from a cardinal rule of picking games that I have. You know what my cardinal rule of picking games is? Whose offensive and defensive lines will dominate? Like, take the quarterback. Now, if you've got Tom Brady, then you can throw that out the window. Or Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, if they're two fairly even quarterback matches... Whose offensive line and defensive line are more dominant? Philadelphia's by far, or I think Atlanta's got a really good defense, don't get me wrong, but I think Philadelphia's offensive line with their two tackles and what they've got at center and guard, I I just think they're a dominant group. And um, I went against my kind of my old mantra, and it it hurt me. That's a great win for Philly, isn't it? Because that's a hard game to play, you know, because Mm -hmm. so much of it is all about looking back and it's all about celebrating, and it's all about unveiling the banner, and and everybody's just caught up in the buzz of what happened in the past. Coaches hate that, right? You know, it's right. all about looking forward. And for them to come out and and play ugly, win ugly, right. with Nick Foles, who you know just doesn't look like the same quarterback that he did, you know, back during the the Super Bowl run, but to able to still come away with the win, one and zero. Get that past you, get mm-hmm. the win, and know you still have Carson Wentz, Wentz waiting in the wings eventually. That's a good win for Philly. It, it is, and it's funny to watch that game. Gets delayed, you know, rain delay. They've got to go in, and um, and then they have to come back out, and it's hot, and it's muggy, you know, and it's 80 degrees, but it's got, you know, 8 billion percent humidity, and 
And, and it was interesting to watch guys, especially toward the end of that game, just start locking up, IVs, cramping, you know. Uh, and it just goes to show you, uh, it's an extension of the preseason. Nobody plays enough to be in football shape come week one. They just don't. And that was on display. It was on display the way that worked out and the way the Philadelphia Eagles ended up winning that game. It was a battle of attrition, and they just wore out the Atlanta Falcons late, got two rushing touchdowns late. I mean, that's the difference in the football game, even though Nick Foles didn't play well and neither did uh, you know, neither did Matt Ryan. But that's what it comes down to is you dominate the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a chance. You know, Matt Ryan, you talk about managing um, quarterback managing the game. You take late sacks. You drive yourself out of field goal range. You take yourself sacks. You know down there as you're as you're pushing into the red zone. It just is. It's just bad football. And it's one of those things that I know why teams back off during the preseason. You know because it's all about keeping guys healthy. Right. But how do you think Dan Quinn feels? How do you think Matt Ryan feels this morning, day after the game? Knowing that that was a game that they could have grabbed. Yeah. That was a winnable game. Right. But maybe because you didn't put as much emphasis on during the preseason, you just weren't sharp in those moments, in those places where had you been a, a, a just a, a little sharper, maybe you come away with what would have right. been a huge win to start and, your season. And I think so it's... was it worth right, it? Right. I think it's one of the things that's interesting to me. Um, like... I'm calling this weekend for Fox, Seattle at Denver. You put Seattle on, and I understand they're a young team, and I understand a lot of the names are gone. The name value guys are gone. But they played more preseason football than anybody I watched. I mean, the first preseason game, their starting offense and their starting defense took several series in the first game. Second game, they played the whole first half. Third game, they played the whole first half, and they came out in the second half and played like three drives apiece, both offense and defense. Uh, I think Denver played not quite that much, but they played a lot in the preseason. I think the first four weeks of the season, you can steal a couple games, even if you're not as good a team, based upon how you prep during the preseason. Um, So that said, you know, it was a a great start Thursday night, kick football, great start to the season. I mean, it wasn't a great game, but it was fun to have football back. It will get cleaner. It will get better. But with that said, you know what we're going to do? What's on tap? What's on tap for the weekend brought to you by my friends at Budweiser. You got to check out uh, Budweiser, the team logoed cans. They're so cool. I don't know if you've seen these, but they brought a bunch to the house. All these team logo cans, and you set them out. You've got every team on there. It's really cool. That's a, It's a cool thing, and you can check that out. You can go to your local grocer or wherever you buy your beer. Check out Bud Light and their team logo cans. You're going to absolutely love it. So what's on hey, tap? You say you got a bunch delivered to the house? Yeah. You want some? I haven't seen any of these. Yeah. Well, wow, I- way to take care of your partner. Uh, I it, see you every freaking day. It just it just happened. Uh, why why we were talking? I got a text from my wife that the bunch got delivered uh, to the house. Okay. Say so, yeah. All right. I mean, I don't have beers I, in the I, mail. Beers I, in the mail. I haven't seen them, <laughs> but that's what I heard. Uh, What's on tap? Brought to you by the fine folks at Budweiser. So let's go through some of these games, and then uh, maybe we'll do some money maker picks. Picks against the spread. Um, you and I always have a contest on this, so we'll see how we go throughout the season. But let's get a couple of games and just kind of. Break down a preview of a, a, a few games coming up on the docket this weekend. Yeah, there's some some really good matchups right off the bat. How, how about another early season matchup between Houston and New England? And it was last year, right, early in the season when Deshaun Watson 
sort of like, hello, welcome to the NFL. Right. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. And if it wasn't for some late Brady, uh, you know, heroics, uh, Houston gets a win. Houston's never won in New England. They're 0-6. And a couple of their players this week said, enough's enough. We're sick and tired of losing to the Patriots in New England. Yeah, you know, which is which is great. I remember last time they went to New. Well, the last time they went to New England wasn't that, that game was in New England, right? When mm-hmm. when it was close. Yep. I remember a couple of years, maybe it was two years ago when they went um, to New England, and and um, I just I, I remember Bill O'Brien, like he's from that area, and he had like forty tickets, you know, and they had a, a box for all his family and everything. And they just got absolutely ramshackled in that particular game. But I think Bill O'Brien's a really good coach. I think they're still, um, you know, a young team on the offensive side of the ball, offensive line that's still a, you know, a big question mark for them. Um, yeah, I think that was cool. I think that debut was great. I think that you know you didn't have a lot of film or a lot of a lot of understanding of what Deshaun Watson was. I expected a you know totally different outcome in this particular game. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots. Um, I expect them to go out there, handle their business. It's a great story. That game last year, shootout, was a great game. Um, but I don't expect the same kind of result this year when Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans go up to New England. Now, that said, Houston, I'm very, I'm fascinated where Houston comes in in this AFC that it, it admit it is very wide open. Once right. you get beyond a couple of teams, it's wide open. And I could easily see Houston, if they can keep all their key pieces healthy, this could be a team that will be a handful come playoff time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the key components is defensively. I mean, they lost so many guys last year. Merciless was down with an injury. Obviously, J.J. Watt was down with an injury. They had injuries all over the place. So they've got unbelievable talent. If they can produce on the offensive side of the ball, take some pressure off your young quarterback, run the football, they've got dynamic. DeAndre Hopkins is a top three receiver in this league. The guy is an absolute freak show. Um, so like they've got weapons, uh, it, but, but I think they need balance. I, you just can't go, hey, Deshaun Watson, scramble around and win this for us because it's just a recipe for disaster in the end. So um, they are an intriguing team in a in a you know in a division in the uh, AFC South that to me is just kind of a interesting division, very winnable. You know, I mean, I, I you know everybody says, oh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Is, is Jacksonville going to fall off a little bit? I, yeah, it just really? feels. So you that. think? Well, I mean, they're they're playing the Giants this week, right? And I, it's it. I think Jacksonville's ready to be a front runner. Do you? Yeah, I do. I don't. I think they learned enough from last. I mean, you you right. talk about catalytic catalytic events. You know, the kind of losses that mm-hmm. maybe take a team to that next level. And man, that young Jacksonville team, they had New England, they had them on the ropes, right? And and I got to believe that they come back stronger for that. No, how do you feel about? Like Jalen Ramsey, the swagger, the going off on you know everybody, and and basically you know throwing people under the bus and talking about Matt Ryan not being any good and other guys not being good. Like well, he took on Gronk, didn't he? Yeah, I mean he took on everybody. I, like at some point, you you became really good, and your defense is a really stout defense, and I get all that. But at some point, all that chirping, I don't think it helps you. 
You know, and I know some guys love to talk. And one thing I'll t- say about Jalen Ramsey, man, he'll put it on guys he's got to play against, not just guys that you know, not just guys that he's. It's not like he's going, hey, that corner over there on that team is not any good. Like he calls out the play the players that he's got to line up and play against. So. Unlike my former teammate, Shannon Sharp, I love you, Shannon, but he used to pick a fight with the guy you were playing against. Like, you never his own guy, right? He'd pick the fight with the guy you were playing, and then you've got to go put out the fire. Like, Jalen Ramsey's going to pick a fight with the people that he has to play against. So, at least I respect that. But um, so I is just this going to be uh, OBJ and Josh Norman all over again with OBJ and Jalen Ramsey? I No, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll be that. I think I, I, I hope that OBJ has grown up. Uh, I hope that. For them, but um, this is an interesting team. I like physically defense, man. They they mash pit you. You know they are yeah mash pit, mosh pit, mosh pit, not mash pit, mosh pit. Mash pit sounds kind of cool though. Mash pit would be like mashed potatoes with like a pit that you find in the middle of the mash. But why would a pit be in a mashed potato? Potatoes don't have pits. Do they? Yeah, but sometimes you get those olives on the side of the plate oh. that sort of, once you like eat it and you find out there's a pit in it, you put the pit on the side of the plate, and then put it the pit somehow fall into, the, into mashed the mashed potato. potatoes. See, then you'd have a mash pit. There you go. And that could break a tooth. Boom. Never a good thing. But a mosh pit, oof, and that's what Jacksonville's defense is. They're like a real mosh pit. Now, obviously, I worry about, yeah, you, you worry about, them offensively like I know they want to run the ball I know that they you know are going to be kind of a heavy too tight offense Blake Bortles what is what is he going to become and, and the Giants are Giants are intriguing Mike because that was the most dysfunctional team locker room wise maybe in the NFL last year what started with Ben McAdoo and you know he benched Eli Manning with this incredible start streak he benched him for Davis Webb who couldn't even make the team this year I mean Come on, that's just I don't like my guy or I don't like Eli. And um, they had unbelievable issues with Eli Apple, uh, their cornerback. And, like, there was a lot of angst, a terrible offensive line. They did a good job this offseason as uh, Pat Shermer comes in to become the head coach of bolstering the offense, Saquon Barkley, offensive line. They got Hernandez at left guard in the draft. Uh, they got Nate Solder over there to left tackle. They moved uh, Flowers over to right tackle. Like I think they're going to be a much better team. Evan Ingram was a, a like a star in the making at the tight end position. They're a team that intrigues me quite a bit, and all three levels of their defense is good. Like they've got great players on all three levels. They're a team that might surprise some people from a just an absolutely disastrous year last year to a team that that may sneak up on a few people in that. Uh, NFC East division. Well, you speak about disaster years. You know, you look at the Colts and no Andrew Luck hasn't played since the end of 2016. He's back. And the difference in the Colts with Andrew Luck versus without. Right. With him, they're like all time, they're like 60 and 37. Without him, 10 and 16. He's back. But is he back? I think you got to really temper your expectations for Andrew Luck early on. Well, I think there's, I think there's definitely, the, you see some plays that there's definite rust there. That he's definitely a little late with the ball. That he, uh, he, uh, you know, doesn't um, doesn't quite have what he used to have, and and that's just going to be a matter of working through it and getting to it. And and I think that will happen with Andrew Luck. But let's face it, um, because of the injury issues, because of the things that he's been through. You, you got to do a better job of supporting him. 
Like Frank Reich, the, the head coach, has got to do a better job of giving him an opportunity to get rid of the ball quickly, um, of you know, of having the outlets, of of running the ball, of protecting him much better than they have in the past. And and you know, if they can do that, then they've got it. Then they've got a chance. But they're also just because of Andrew Luck, they're an intriguing team because you know, I mean, he has been that good and he has led them. Um, He's led them even when they weren't, I don't think, had a great surround, uh, supporting cast. They've been able to win games with him. I still look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's one of those teams I don't trust. But again, in a, in a wide-open AFC, why not the Bengals? Right. They're, but they're, don't they just feel weird to you? Doesn't it just feel like, like hey, we, we're we departing ways with Marvin Lewis and it's over and they basically announced that they're going to go in a different direction and then all of a sudden they signed him to an extension. Like, yeah, you know what? On second thought, yeah, we're just going to keep him. You know, I, I, Cincinnati is weird because they've had, to me, they've been one of the more talented teams in the league um, on both sides of the ball and they just can't seem to figure it out full time. You know, and I like Andy Dalton. I don't love him, but I like him. He's played really well at times. At other times, he hasn't played, you know, great. But there was a time where he was, like, he was in the MVP talk early in the season for about eight weeks a couple of years ago, and then it just kind of fell, you know, fell off a little bit. They're just a team for me that, um, like you, I just don't trust Cincinnati. Like, there's just something about, maybe it's the stripes on the helmet. Well, can you trust a helmet with? Can you trust a point. team that wears helmets with good stripes? Point. But then again, can I trust a team that you know favors baby blue uniforms like like the Chargers do? You know, and Ooh. boy, you talk about another team that we keep waiting for all the talent to match up with the actual mm. you know production and win total. Right, right. And, and boy, they are a trendy pick this year. A lot of people like the Chargers. Yeah, but you know, I mean, right off the bat, what a great. Big division game, Pat Mahomes and the and the Chiefs going to L.A. Right, playing that soccer stadium. Yeah, that little tiny. It's cute. Yeah, um, Chiefs home game on the road. Yeah, Chiefs home game on the road in Carson, California versus the L.A. Chargers. Chargers are a trendy pick. I think the Chargers are a good football team. The Chargers would have been a playoff team had they been had they had a kicker that could actually make a field goal. Um, but I think I, I look at the. I think they've done some things that makes sense to me um and you know i think their receiving core keenan allen's one of those guys that just produces um they get mike williams this year he's healthy last year obviously hurt uh i think they've got some playmakers around philip rivers tied in they signed Andy antonio gates back to his 16th season um I think the big difference is, you know, you've got Phillip Rivers. He's smart. He's going to get rid of the ball. He's going to make plays on the offensive side. I think the big difference for me, this defense, I think they have been in a in a mode of of learning a system and, and getting better under Gus Bradley. And now I think they have the pieces in place. Like Ingram and Bosa are two of the best rushers in football. I think they've fortified their linebacking core with better speed. Um, and I think their secondary, although they've had an injury in their in the cornerback position, I still think that this is a secondary that is is going to continue to develop. 
Um, Derwin James is is backing up, but he is he's a, a difference maker at the safety position. Um, Hayward's a really good player. Like this this team just feels like they've kind of put it together. Can they put it together in that soccer stadium? Can they? They always seem to find a way, even when they look great, find a way to lose a couple of games that they should win. Like that's the problem I have with the Chargers in general. But uh, the Chiefs, everybody says Mahomes is going to be a star. Mahomes is going to be a star. Mahomes is going to be a star. Young players make mistakes. Can they overcome those mistakes? Like, hey, if you make two big plays a game, that's awesome. Two big throws. You know, we saw that touchdown, that 70-yarder in the air, whatever, in the preseason, the pass. You know, oh, my gosh, it's a pass. Uh, but if you make that pass and, and you make two big plays like that, but you you follow it up with four bad plays, like, it's kind of a wash. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Kansas City becomes. You know what I love about the NFL, Mark, is that it, it truly is a, a league where you could be down one year and all of a sudden the next year it just turns around. And I, I think there's some interesting seasons out there ahead for a couple teams that have been down for a long time. You know, I, I'm actually pretty bullish on Cleveland and, and their future. Mm-hmm. And boy, do we look at Chicago now entirely different now that they've landed Khalil Mack? I, I, I don't know how you like, obviously it comes down to Trubisky, you know, how he develops. You don't have to have a superstar quarterback to, to be really good. Like the Philadelphia Eagles won it with Nick Foles. Okay. Um, you know, Baltimore won it with Joe Flacco at one point. Like, you don't have to be a superstar quarterback. You just have to have a really good team. They can run the ball in Chicago. They've got some tight ends. Um, you know, they'll be interesting on the offensive side of the ball. But when you look at them defensively, like, Keem Hicks, defensive end, he's a player. Um, Goldman inside at nose guard, he's a player. You got Khalil Mack now. You know, you've got... Danny Trevathan. You got Leonard Floyd. I mean, your front seven is ridiculous. Kyle Fuller's a, a really good player. Uh, Eddie Jackson at the safety position, a really good player that people don't know about. Like, defensively, you look at this team, and they should be able to flat rush the passer, man. Like, this is a this is a really interesting team. Now, you know, how do they develop – as a, how do they develop as an offense? Uh, where are they going to get their production from? Um, you know, I, I mean, that that remains to be seen. But they're intriguing defensively. I mean, come on. Defensively with Floyd coming off of one edge and, and Khalil Mack coming off the other edge, you don't think the other the quarterbacks in the uh, NFC North are a little bit nervous right now? Heck, yeah, they are. You ready to put your uh, money where your mouth is? I am. Ready to make some picks? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Since you're calling the game on Sunday, the big national TV guy, Mm -hmm. calling Denver and Seattle on on Fox, I'll let you go first. So you get to make your three picks Really? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling gracious. What can I say? That's nice of you. You know, man. you go through a heart scare. You know, maybe you get a whole new look outlook on life. <sighs> new outlook on life. Okay, so um, here we go. Here, here's going to be my money maker. But you're going to keep a record of this yes, for us, right? Ready okay, to, ready to write uh, them down. Okay, so I'm going to go to Carolina, where the Dallas Cowboys come in facing the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I'm nervous about the receiving core. I'm nervous about the offense in general. I'm nervous about the offensive line. No Travis Frederick. Uh, trying to recover from uh, Gilliam Barr syndrome. 
Um, Zach Martin has been out for the majority of the preseason with a, a knee injury. He's supposed to be back. Um, I think defensively, I think the Dallas Cowboys have a chance to be pretty good. Offensively, I think they're a work in progress. Carolina giving up two and a half. I'll take the Carolina Panthers at home um, on that particular game. I'm going to stay away from the game I'm calling just because I don't think that that's probably appropriate, but I'm going <laughs> to go to New England. Um Houston was a great story last year. They lost in a shootout to the Patriots. The Patriots have a certain amount of up yours attitude. They'll look at that film. They won't be happy with their performance. They'll short things up. I think New England covers that seven-point spread. I think it's a double-digit win for the New England Patriots. So I'll take the Patriots um, in that particular game. And then... I'm going to go to Minnesota. The The 49ers, feel-good story. You know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's never lost a game, and it's going to be awesome. And Kirk Cousins and the relationship he has with Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan coached him when he was with the Redskins. That's awesome. There's nobody you'd rather, uh, you know, beat than your former coach and one of your buddies. Uh, I think the, the Minnesota Vikings are just a better football team all the way around. Um, they're given seven. I'm going to take the Vikings to uh, win that game, and I'll give the seven. All right, very good. I love your Carolina pick. That one jumped out at me as well, right. so I'm a little bit jealous that I, I, I let you go first. But uh, I look at the Rams uh, only a f- only having to give it up four points against an Oakland team that I, I think is going to be reeling a bit internally uh, from the Khalil Mack trade, and they already have enough issues as it is um, on offense and defense. I think it's going to be a boom or bust season for John Gruden in year one. I think it's going to be more bust. So give me the Rams, who uh, are going to be on a Super Bowl or bust-type mission this year. Give me Jacksonville, minus 2.5 on the road against the Giants. I, I just believe Jacksonville is ready to be a front-runner and uh, and go out and, and dispense justice right away. And uh, a, a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold on the road uh, in, in Detroit. New era beginning there with Matt Patricia. Uh, I know it's a, a, a big number, Detroit minus seven, but uh, I'll take a Detroit laying those points at home against the Jets. All right. There it is, the moneymaker picks for the week. Um, I'll probably crush you in that and start with a great big lead. How about that? Last year was a tremendous battle to see who could get slightly above 500, so can't wait for that again this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Take our picks and then go opposite. You'll probably do pretty good. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stink of Truth podcast, for uh, myself and Mike Evans and producer Scott Duff, thank you so much. Hope you have a great, great NFL weekend. Uh, NFL is back, and and it's going to be great. It's going to be a great season. Uh, we'll be back with you on Monday. For everybody involved in the Stink of Truth podcast, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Core Water. Also, I'd like to thank Bud Light for jumping on the program. Until uh, Monday, have a great NFL weekend. We'll talk to you then.